Thank you, Pastor. And may the words of, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my of our hearts be acceptable before you, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. We receive the prophetic word as follows: As you come in, I want you to see the Ark of the Covenant in front of you, in front of my altar, that all the benefit shall be yours. This word raises a number of questions. What is the Ark of the Covenant? How is it relevant to ANC? And more importantly, how will you seeing it benefit you? Well, let's start with the simplest thing. What is the Ark? And uh, you're going to be disappointed by this, but the Hebrew word for Ark that the Lord instructed Moses to build is Aram, which translates as cupboard. That's it. The Ark is simply a place for storing items. Whilst discussing Jesus the high priest, the writer of the Hebrews reveals that the tabernacle of which this cupboard is a part is a copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. That's uh, from Hebrews 8 verse 5. As it says in Exodus 25 40, the Lord says, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Yeah. So this cupboard is an item Moses saw in the heavenly pattern. So what place did this item have in heaven? Well, reflecting on its location in the tabernacle, it is located underneath the mercy seat. The location where God's presence appeared in the tabernacle, the Shekinah, the Hebrew word meaning dwelling presence, the Shekinah glory of God was observed upon the mercy seat. So in heaven, the throne of God is the same seat on which the lamb that was slain was observed in John's revelation. Now, underneath that is the cupboard. Now, a cupboard is only useful if it's storing things. An empty cupboard is useless. It has no purpose. So what did the Ark of the Covenant contain. The writer of the Hebrews tells us the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. What do these things represent? The two tablets of stone represented what was known as the testimony from Exodus 25, 21. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And that is these two tablets of stone. The Ten Commandments were spoken by God in the hearing of all the people of Israel standing below Mount Sinai. After the Lord spoke these commandments, the people covered their ears and they asked Moses to receive the law on their behalf. They swore that they would do it. If we look at a modern Analogy, the modern legal agreements, a binding document is signed by two parties and then witnessed by witnesses who do not necessarily know the full contents of that agreement. That signature may then go on display, but not usually the full text of the contract. You're normally only shown the binding signatures of the um, usually significant participants. The Ten Commandments is that signature on the agreement between God and his people. It is a testimony to the agreement, our agreement, to follow God's laws, principles, and statutes. 
the golden pot of manna. When the children of Israel entered the desert, the Lord poured out bread from heaven on a daily basis, twice as much on the day before Sabbath and none on the Sabbath. This manna, which literally means, what is this? Rotten if stored on any day other than the day before the Sabbath. Then Moses said, this is today reading from Exodus 16, 32 to 34, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Fill an okra with it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a pot, put an omer of manna in it, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And I don't believe that scripture needs any more explanation. Aaron's budded rod. Korah's rebellion was a watershed moment. It's remembered to this day, warned about at every Friday in the celebration of the coming Sabbath. It was written about by the prophets and immortalized in the Psalms. It stood as a solemn warning of rebellion against the leadership established by God. Many died in that rebellion led by Korah against Moses and Aaron, God's appointed leadership. As it says in Exodus 17, and the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus did Moses, just as the Lord commanded him, so he did. So the three purposes of the objects contained in this holy cupboard, to testify of our covenant connection to the Lord God Almighty, to remind us of the provision of God through our tough times, to remind us of the consequences of rebellion against God, which is death. Imagine now, if you would, seeing the same cupboard in heaven, located under the throne in which the lamb that was slain lay. You are only there because of the provision of God, the God whom you have a covenant relationship with. You have not died, but you have left the body behind you. You now live not only because of the blood of the lamb, but because you took seriously the word of testimony. When in Revelation 12, John saw war in heaven, it was said that they overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Both sit at the heart of heaven. Such is the power of the testimony that sits within this cupboard. To this day, every synagogue contains an ark, which they literally call the holy cupboard, the Aaron Kodesh. In them are kept most precious things to any Jewish community, a Torah scroll. The very origins of these people, their journey, their purpose, their cohesion is tied to the contents of that cupboard, the books of Moses, the Bible. They know that without it, 
they would not exist as a people or survive as a distinct community. Such is the benefit of that cupboard to that community. So bringing it back, what about ANC? Ark of the Covenant in front of my altar. The altar of ANC represents the very dwelling presence of God. From there, the gospel is disseminated. There, the leaders of the people are anointed. The very work of God begins at this dwelling point, touches each and every one of us. And we take that touch, that light, into our communities, into the city, and into the lives of the people around us. If we were to keep a holy cupboard, an ark of covenant, what should it contain? What testimonies would cause us to stand firm against Satan? At the very least, it should contain the word of God, for everything we do is governed by the word. There is nothing in our lives that the word does not touch. It is living and even to dividing bone and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. It is a testimony to our agreement to abide by the words contained therein. Secondly, it should contain a reminder that God carries us through the hard times. A plaque or declaration signed on behalf of the people that we dedicate to the memory of God's provision. Or maybe it should be the place of offering, seeing we give understanding that it is God who provides daily. Finally, it should contain a warning against presumption, a flask of oil to represent the anointing power of God upon the leadership, then used to anoint all those who are called to the high service of the fivefold ministry. The prophecy says, when you come in, I want you to see that all the benefit may be yours. The gathered people at the foot of Mount Sinai who received the covenant and declared their obedience to God, what happened to them? Pastor Sam mentioned Psalm 106 this morning. Read it. They forgot their covenant, forged a golden calf. How many died that day? If it were not for the mercy of God and the intercession of Moses, all would be destroyed. They rebelled against the leadership of, appointed by God. How many died in the desert because of Korah? If it were not again for the intercession of Moses and Aaron, a plague would have consumed them. When they forgot the provision of God and turned away from the promised land, how many then went on to receive the promises? Just two. But yet the children went in. This is not the will of God for you. The Lord God Almighty has promised a land for you. How will you receive all the benefit? How will it be yours if you do not look upon the testimony, if you do not remind yourself, especially in the place of God's dwelling presence? How would you live if you are not reminded by looking upon a testimony and go ahead to presume to rebel against his anointed? Do you not know that the very spirit of life brought death on Ananias and Sapphira for their distrust of God's provision right at the feet of the apostle. Will you not tremble and turn away from covetousness? Therefore, we are encouraged, instructed, 
that when we return to the building to look upon the word and know the God to whom you are in covenant relationship with, that you do not mold any golden calf for yourself in your heart. Look upon the provision of God as your portion, that you do not withhold the offering the Lord has put in your hand. Look and see the anointing of God and put aside presumption and submit to those who have the rule over you, making their work a joy. We serve a mighty God, and his intention is that we stand on that evil day, that we overcome the one who stands against our souls by the blood of the lamb that was slain and by the word of our testimony. I want to leave you with this question. What word of testimony will you hold on to to guard against the evil one as you return in person to the ANC? As you come in, I want you to see the Ark of the Covenant in front of you, in front of my altar, that all the benefit shall be yours. Praise the Lord.